0: This is big man tyrone and you're about to watch the mtg cabal cast with your hosts woad thirsty and raptor sub to us
1: on all your podcast networks at mtg cabal cast and youtube Alrighty, guys welcome to the newest episode of the cabal cast so in an effort to kind of cover things as the vendor space changes uh, obviously, Channel Fireball launched recently, despite the problems on their platform. They're promising store credit weekends, the ability to use store credit on the store. TCG has responded by having a ton of kickback weekends, whatever they call it. eBay still has eBay Bucks. We kind of wanted to dive into something we haven't touched before, which is basically how like coupons, rewards programs, whatever impact the space. And if we think that now with the CFB marketplace, that's going to cause other Spaces to basically say, "Hey, we don't want to get left behind. Let's go ahead and do our own rewards program." Yep. And what our thoughts are on
0: that? Yep, absolutely. For me, I think the easiest one to touch on first is eBay because that's kind of its own ecosystem. Uh, people that shop eBay and people that shop Amazon are kind of unique, and they just work in their own ecosystems. And that's not to say they function similarly, but eBay has its own trends. It's a platform for sales of any number of things, you know, just like Etsy. And the usual response is when an eBay box announcement comes up, you can expect that savvy vendors will increase their prices by a given amount in order to kind of catch up or make sure their margins stay the same. And like... That's kind of that. Not everybody across the platform does it, but you can expect that your eBay stall works well across all categories.
1: Yeah, and the the important thing about that is that, you know, when you're dealing with eBay, a lot of those places don't necessarily have, like, a million items listed where they have to go through and do it individually because, you know, on TCG Player, you have the luxury of, like, mass-pricer right now right you can mass price and adjust prices on hundreds of items at once well you don't have that luxury on eBay especially with the auction format obviously you know it's gonna happen but with the storefronts as far as I know unless things have changed Mm -hmm. there's no mass auto pricer on eBay and it's typical that when you get the email ahead of time because you get it usually three to four days ahead of time like hey there's gonna be eBay bucks this weekend you start to see prices go up mm. because, you know, at the end of the day, those bucks are going to come out of your bottom line. Yes. And people are willing to spend more money when they're getting cash back on things. So all of a sudden, your $50 fetch land may be $55 to $60, even though it's usually, and this is typical of eBay, a much lower percentage than what TCG gives. Um, TCG, you know, gives anywhere from 5 to 15 to 20%. I don't think I've ever seen eBay give over 10, have you?
0: I don't think so, no.
1: Yeah, and I I don't know if that's because of the nature of the items sold on eBay. Obviously, being a much broader marketplace, you've got a much broader audience, so you don't necessarily have to just dedicate a percentage to like, all right, let's bring card game players to our platform. Exactly,
0: yeah. I, I think that's it, is you don't have to go fishing for additional sales by increasing your percentage. So many people are shopping eBay anyway that it's just gravy it's that free roll Um, as opposed to a platform like TCG player where yeah you want to bring people to the platform at at certain times you want to bring eyes back this is the first time they've really had to compete with another dedicated platform so over the last couple of weeks they've kind of been going tit for tat against the CFB platform otherwise it seemed fairly irregular how they would give out their promotions and their bucks ebay ebay is a little more cyclical and i think at one point you could expect it every like six weeks to quarter you would get a notification about bucks tcg players kind of picking for a while it seemed like holiday weekends like big shopping weekends you know like hey remember you can go out and you know buy cards and whatever and make your money um, make some money back you know store credit essentially and it was never like terribly enticing up until recently I want to say in the neighborhood of, like, standardized 5%, and, like, that's kind of a hootie-hoo. But this last one, I think, was... Or this one coming up uh, that we just got is, like, 10%, I think, which is pretty big for the platform. But at the same time, the platform continues to grow. They continue to support more games and more verticals. So it helps kind of pull people from multiple games into one space. I don't know where else you would go, honestly, besides a place like Troll and to to buy non magic, non Pokemon, non-Yu-Gi Oh cards. So anything like Digimon or Final Fantasy or, yeah. or I think they might do Wives now. They do pops and things like that. There's all kinds of stuff tucked away on TCG Player now. And to bring people back from those larger vendors from Amazon, what have you for things like pops kind of makes sense to remind people like, hey, this is the marketplace for, you know, your odds and ends collectibles.
1: Yeah, and I think that's, you know, one of the big differences between eBay and other platforms is the fact that it's not your dedicated, you know, like you said, those big 3 for TCG player, yeah, that's the place you're going to go. Besides that, you don't necessarily have to capture like just by merit of there being no other options. If I want Digimon, I'm going to Troll and Toad. So they don't necessarily need that kickback as yeah. much because I'm getting all your Digimon singles, you know, same with, you know, eBay and Pops. I know TCG tried to make Pops a thing, but there's none on the platform. Yeah, you I can't. don't know if anybody's looked lately. They just don't exist.
0: No, because Amazon's the place to go. Am- yeah. I think Amazon and eBay are the place to go. Amazon may be the place to go for uh, some of the collectible stuff, but not the highly collectible stuff, um, the short print stuff, that would be eBay still. Um, yeah.
1: And I think there's a proprietary app that people use for it, but... It would make Besides sense. Besides the
0: point. Yeah. yeah. So you know you're looking at TCG player, and so a lot of this is to you know kind of remind people, hey, you can continue buying cards at this period of time. Why don't you come back to the platform? And so your options as a vendor are you know stay strong, stay the course, and just let sales roll in, and just you know Scrooge McDuck in that money, or up prices a little bit and to uh, to make up for the percentage that people are going to get back and eventually attempt to respend on your store. And I think a lot of people opt for number one. I think they just batten down the hatches and expect the sales to roll in, and, and and why not? Why not? Why would you raise prices and possibly lower your sales opportunities? Yeah. When there's so many more competitors on the platform for everything, eBay doesn't have the, the sheer number of competitors in the space. Look at look at the picks that we have made over the past couple of weeks and how many hundreds of unique listings there are for those. It's not like that on eBay. You're not competing no. with that many people, so you raise your price by you know a little bit and it's not probably it's not really going to, to matter that much at the end of the day but when you're on tcg player and you're competing with hundreds of other people like yeah that could take you from you know the middle of page one to like the end of page five yep
1: and i i think that you know one of the things with the reward spaces with you know and this is kind of onto the next area of the topic when you talk about is it going to force places to necessarily adapt yep For me, I don't think places like Star City or Card Kingdom necessarily have to adapt even like a cool stuff type program Whereas cool stuff is another one of those like similar to Troll and Toad, you you know minis, board games, magic, whatever We've got it all type of deals Uh, I don't think they necessarily need to because they've carved out their niche Mm -hmm. You know, I Typically they're not They don't care about these weekends where people shop on TCG or eBay or whatever channel fireball because they make their bread and butter the other twenty days of the month yep. on whatever they need. And I, I think that if anything, the existence of like a channel fireball marketplace, which we're seeing, is it pushes TCG to change.
0: Yep. I think it I think it puts pressure on TCG player and it puts pressure on the LGS's that aren't competing on that platform as well. Um yes. but just, you know, quickly touch on vendors like large vendors do a number of things and a lot of them and a lot of it is have perpetual coupon codes. Uh, almost yeah. every named player uh, that plays Magic and was branded under CFB has a coupon code for CFB still for five percent off. The troll has yeah. one for five percent off. That's just perpetual. Cool stuff has this, you know, uh, for every X uh, dollar, every X dollars you spend, you get Y in credit back on your account So just respend there and keep yep. you on their platform, right? That's their goal is to keep you on their platform and keep you there. You know that that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. They large vendors can just dilly-gaff all day long. Yeah. And usually you'll see them up their coupon game around, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the holidays, you know, times where they just want to push inventory out the door, not necessarily to make a ton of profit, but we've talked about this before, corporate taxes and... Uh, your warehouse space what you're going to get taxed on for what's in your warehouse right but if you push it out even at close to distro prices you're going to save at the end of the year you're going to be making eh, making money in quotes at the end of the year because you you won't be paying as much in taxes right it's just part of gaming the system in that regard but when you have LGS's competing on TCG Player and or Channel Fireball and other LGS's in your area not now you have this kind of competition which is really like the crux of what we wanted to talk about this week
1: yeah, and I think it's, you know, it, it's different in regards to the TCG aspect, because at this point, most LGSs are selling on TCG, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. The thing that is, again, unique about the channel marketplace is it gives you visibility at large events. Simply by being on their platform, all of a sudden, they can go sell to channel, and you get that market share. Mm-hmm. You, you have store credit, and like, great, awesome, I can shop at this LGS you don't know that you know the they don't know what LGS you are but that's an added revenue stream yep. and I think that eventually if the channel platform is successful which my god I hope it is because competition is good for the market that is going to push more and more and more LGSs on there because it seems like it's gonna be one of those like sink or swim situations and if you want to swim you're going to have to swim on the Channel Fireball marketplace.
0: Yep. I, I think that's fine. You put the individuals on TCG Player, you put the LGSs on Channel Fireball, and the LGSs still compete against the LGSs on Channel Fireball, yep. which is public facing. You can search that pretty easily, and your brick and mortars, and then your individuals can just fucking sword fight all day long on TCG Player. And, and that's that. And it kind of decouples those spaces and the coupon code necessities and the LGSs can fight all day long about their coupon codes and TCG player can do whatever they want to attempt to pull market share back from Channel Fireball. And I think that's really going to be kind of the... Like, right now we're in a tug-of-war and yeah. over the LGS. So we're going to see a lot of the tit-for-tat that we've already seen. You know, Channel Fireball wanted to bring people on with the... Uh, store credit and entry into a raffle. I think it was the, yeah. the Lotus and a uh, first edition Shadowless base set Charizard and stuff like that. They are yep. raffling or will be raffling <laughs> off some pretty some pretty big things to you know bring money to the platform to shine light on the platform. And TCG Player wants to you know keep whatever market share they can, and eventually they'll split the player base or the the customer base, and things will work out. It'll be fine. But right now. It's feast or famine for the brick and mortar that isn't competing on any one of those uh, platforms, and they have to figure out how to keep up. And I think right now it's them, it's, you know, the little guys that suffer if they don't already have something in the works, something that works for them, something that's been established.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's important because, you know, when we talk about how most LGSs at this point almost have to be on the online platform, giving them, like... An extra outlet where they don't have to compete with people with no overhead is huge. Because I think, you know, and this this goes down to the fundamental issue of the two platforms, right? If LGSs start going to channel fireball, everyone's gonna be like, well, I'll just continue to get my singles on TCG. Well, the problem is that by the mere existence of the CFB platform, they have a greater reach because LGSs have more capital than most backpackers that would be selling on TCG. They're able to say, look, These people are giving this stuff away to use their platform. We're gonna be on their platform because they're actively trying to get more people. The interesting thing about TCG's response when you talk about the tit for tat is they're just keeping the same things they've been doing. They're doing kickbacks. They're doing the stuff that they've done to cause surges in sales. They're not necessarily doing stuff that gets new people in. You know, the Dan Bach hire was great for them, but there hasn't been a whole lot made of it since. Whereas channel has constantly got their personalities out there advertising for them, producing content, getting new eyes in, exploring new games. And I think that, you know, as that happens, that's going to push these larger marketplaces, your TCGs, stuff like that, to try to adapt to that. Yeah. Because I think more innovation that CFB brings, because if anybody's been paying attention over the last two years, Channel Fireball has done more with new games than any of the other big players in terms of content advertising everyone else. They were pushing Flesh and Blood. They pushed Argent Saga for a hot minute. Yeah. Who remembers that game before COVID?
0: They started Pokemon content years ago with a couple articles once a quarter. Yeah. Like...
1: I mean, it's it's the type of thing that they've... You know, we're... We're going to... See more and more with them, yep. I hope. And that that level of content creation is good for the LGS because it means, you know what? Some guy can walk in and say, hey, do you have flesh and blood? I read this article on Channel about it. Yeah, we do. I suddenly don't have to explain the game to you because Channel, the platform that I sell on and is on my business card, already did. You can walk in and be like, so what's this game like? And I can give you a brief rundown and say, check out this article on this platform. And then search for our singles. And I think that that will be what pushes the marketplace more than anything for these rewards, these coupons, is you're going to have to do something because if channel continues to produce content, yep. if they continue to make free advertising for the LGS, well, eventually people are just going to start flocking to that platform yeah. by merit of free advertising. And they, and
0: they they give of their own bottom line Yes, with, with the, the the raffle and things like that. You know, channel can pull from their own backstock, whatever they've picked up over the years, at whatever cost. They can toss into the raffle. Unlike TCG Player, who operates more like Cool Stuff does, where it offers you just credit to put, to spend at that one location on TCG Player, and either buy direct or buy from the individual, which is still similar to Channel Fireball, but you can't like spread the love through the LGS. The LGS has the ability to offer more. Exactly. The experience on the CFB platform is meant to be greater because it's going to offer a larger variety of items. It won't just be the... If you want to think about Magic as like a game just full of pieces, the CFB platform is also going to be meant to sell the full games themselves. From my early understanding was, man, if you just want to box up your board games or some of your your category leaders and ship them on over to CFB, you can sure sell as many copies of uh, Ascension as you want on the CFB yep. platform. As many as The CFB platform yeah. will sell, they're more than happy to do it for you. But I think it's uh, the the marketing power and the brand power the CFB lends to it that's going to beat a TCG player in, in the end, at the, at the end of the day. And I think the content callout is pretty good because eventually if things start to, if the waters start to, to cool on, on the platform and uh, the, Consumers stretch thin between CFB and uh, TCG Player. They can st- see the CFB platform can start giving away content again, as part yeah. of their coupon codes, as part of what have you. You know they can always give away their content. It's not that difficult to unlock. It's all on the same uh, same platform or platforms that talk to each other. And that content, generally speaking, is better than the game content that's going to be on TCG Player because CFB just has the ability to make outreach and pick up bigger and better talent.
1: Um, And I, I think that's the important thing is that, you know, title of the episode was do coupon codes and stuff push? And like, personally, I don't think they do. I think the content is what pushes more than anything. Because like you said, CFB has the ability to go out and get big names. They can get, you know, obviously, Cassius went with TCG, Bach went with TCG, but there hasn't been a whole lot of content on either of those platforms from those guys. Yeah, uh, CFB has been cranking content constantly since the dawn of time, seemingly, with big names from, you know, PVDR, obviously LSV. Like, they've got a ton of people that produce content for them and their ability to go out and produce that. And not only that, but like you said, to bundle it with their product, to say, hey, we've got this stuff that, you know, it's paywalled or you can just shop in our marketplace and get free access to it yep. doesn't that seem pretty great guys
0: CFE also has uh additional avenues to push those coupon codes or create additional coupon codes not just through the website content but the fact that at, as it stands they're the only content creators for physical events so yeah. Fab Vegas CFB covered the large Fab event that just happened this past weekend. CFB covered, and they actually took some of the old Star City comment uh, commentary team. Uh, yep, Gottlieb I think was on yeah. this past weekend. Yep, and they're doing MTG Vegas. You know they're they're the only name in that game right now, and that gives them additional opportunity to pump out more coupon codes to pump out more backlinks to their platform. Like hey, come buy this yep. on our platform. It's there. And you know what? People who are shopping TCG player before might just see this, the CFB thing. You know, you expose it to people enough, they'll eventually come explore and see what's up. You know. And at the end of the day, I don't know really. Right now, we're just in a war for between the two for because CFB's got to get going. Yeah. So it's they just gonna, they
1: they're cranking as much out as they can. Yeah. But like, look, we're taking a loss and we're fine because we're going to take a loss for the first year and then make it up in volume.
0: Yeah. And after exactly, release. they're just swinging heavy punches. But I think at the end of the day, CFB. Coupon and uh, like kickbacks, etc., is is going to cool until it comes time for large events, and then you'll see them start pumping it again. And I think they're going to come up with some new, new and interesting ways to attempt to pull the people who are dedicated TCG player shoppers onto their platform and pick up the sales numbers that they're looking for, that they purported that they could hit, that they told LGS is like, hey, we'll do this, and we'll you know, this is why you're going to buy into the platform and when everything's said and told or said and done that still just kind of leaves the brick and mortars that aren't on these platforms like just kind of standing there pulling their puds like what do you do like so you know for, for these people are going to lose out on sales to tcg player weekends to cfb weekends etc unless they're doing something else and a yep. lot of uh, lgs's that i've been to aside from some like some one-off stops because i never ask have something going on well, one of my yep. LGSs does a twenty percent off if you buy into the program for the entire year, and it basically covers everything that isn't sealed and supplies. I think because they're yeah, the are... low margin stuff exactly. The margin is basically zero anyway. And the other one, Buy Me, does essentially what Cool Stuff does, which is for every X amount of dollars you spend, you get X in credit, and it just yeah. try you know they just try and keep keep you there. And you know, there's really not a lot that changes aside from bundlings and things like that or on the holidays, but at least they're attempting to kind of compete in that space because if they can't get to TCG player prices for whatever reason, they're going to try and attempt to keep you in store somehow.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, me, one of the LGSs that I love around here, what they do is pre-releases. If you play in every pre-release, you get one free. So yeah. they do, they only do three now through the weekend. So if you play in the first two, you get the third one for free. And that's you know what? Great. Because again, that kind of like giveaway and advertising goes a long way to your bottom line.
0: Yep. It helps pull in new people. And that's basically all you're trying to do, you know, pull in new people, yep. make new customers and attempt to make them brand loyal. And that's, you know, the best you can do. And if they have to go off site so to speak, and shop on TCG, TCG player, the CFP platform, you want them to do that because for whatever reason, you don't have what they're looking for in stock. Yeah. No, not not every LGS can state the need of all of their players, and you have to concede the fact that some people are going to go off-site to get what they need you just want to make sure that they return back to you for mm-hmm. everything else and the, the, the loyalty programs the percents off, the banked credit, whatever you need to do kind of gets you there, you just have to be, I guess ear to the ground and understand what's going on, where you might see sales dip on some of these weekends and you need to understand why, so maybe you bolster You know, somewhere else with another category and attempt to pick up sales there. And all in all, I I think it's just like this kind of tiring war. The more that goes on between these two platforms, the more the LGS just gets caught up in like the Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah. They're just sitting there between the two. And it's, it's, it can be a royal pain in the ass, but at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're sink or swim with their own models. Yeah. And I,
1: I think that while both of the models are similar, the few differences are enormous Mm -hmm. in what the two of them are trying to accomplish. I like genuinely the fact that CFB is just for the LGS, which I harped on in the episode where we talked about the CFB marketplace. And I said, look, they're doing what Wizards isn't. I still think that is one of the biggest deals about that platform, Yep, but I digress.
0: No, I, I agree. And I think it's nice to have a place that protects the LGS because, you know, Somebody has to, and at the same time, it helps create that deviation in space between the LGS, whose margins are on collectibles like this, paper thin, and the backpackers, who can make All right, I'm done. Sorry. It's fine. Who can make their margins on TCG Player and fight their way to the bottom and still nickel and dime their way to profits because they're going to turn around yeah. and pick up on Craigslist or whatever, where the LGS just doesn't have reach or access for whatever reason. And I think they're they're both important ecosystems. They'll both have their own space. And like I said at the just a little while ago, at the end of the day, these promotional codes are eventually just going to attempt to create brand loyalty, but you're going to wind up splitting your customer base. And I think that's fine. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fine. The, I guess this is an unrelated footnote for this because we've tangented a lot to talk about the CFB platform, but and we talked about this so long ago I can't remember what episode number off the top of my head. You know, there's there's the trust issue issue with this with the TCG Player platform. I think we talked about it when the the Dan Bach episode when TCG Player announced that partnership yeah. to help lend credence to high end buys. You have the CFB platform coming in, the LGS is rooted there. Does that help push trust on the for higher end buys you know you want to look at high-end reserve list duels power uh you know sarah sanctum you know you're a cedh player so you need all your you know your monocrypt cradles balls. yeah 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 etc right is the fact that the lgs on the cfb the lgs is on the cfb platform lend that platform more power when it comes to that kind of spend um
1: i i think it does you know i At least locally, and I think that this is one of the things I love about the platform is that I can literally just be like, "Ah, I want to go check if they have singles. I'll just look on CFB and pick them up. Fine. I don't have to leave my house. But I, I think that it's important because, you know, especially with the high end, an LGS can be ruined by one bad sale of a high end card. And I think that, you know, it's a lot easier when you're an anonymous backpacker who just has a store name on tcg player like oh this seller was terrible great sure yeah but when you're a brick and mortar and someone was like this lgs sold me a fake that's huge
0: yeah this goes into the last episode about brand management yeah 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 exactly
1: like it 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 makes the brand management
0: so much more important
1: so much more important
0: yeah i just i'm just curious because it seems you know the high-end sales on tcg player always seem to be kind of slow because of that trust issue but i mm-hmm. wonder if we'll see more just on the cfb platform because people trust the lgs more than they do you know some random yeah thing. that's it like and like you said we'll see you know if we start getting sales numbers if CFP wants to be as transparent as tcg player with that eventually you know you know maybe we'll start to see what that platform looks like and what velocity looks like there but that is just a tangent other than that though i am ready for picks
1: let's do it okay. you went first last week i'm going first this week okay. mine's a bit of an odd duck chaos warp uh i am citing it specifically the commander set irrelevant why am i picking this card well it's not because of anything that's been going on with it financially it's not because stocks been drying up or lists are fluctuating it's literally a marrow article which one you may ask well making magic from october 18th when he talks about the mechanical color pie changes we are officially getting rid of tucking for every color but blue it's written down it's recorded this isn't happening again for any color except for blue bounce to library whatever you want to call it that's important specifically for a card like chaos Warp, because red in edh has problems dealing with enchantments problems dealing with planeswalkers and commanders because unless you're pointing a burn spell at those last two it's kind of difficult to deal with so i expect that this is going to be the kind of thing that honestly we're in this for the real long haul because we have a whole lot of versions of this card whole lot of versions Uh, but this is also just to say these types of cards in general in colors that don't necessarily have access to it all the time you know, your unexpectedly absent, terminus stuff like that, condemn even. Uh, these these are things that, you know, getting rid of problem permanence has been kind of an issue for colors. And with those colors losing it in the future, it means we're not going to get any new versions of that. So we're not going to get another unexpectedly absent. It's officially been removed from white. We're not going to get another chaos warp. You're not going to be able to deal with enchantments in red unless something else drastically changes down the line chaos warp's your only way to do that so i'd be looking at honestly probably about two to three years for a return on this one so like i said we are in it for the long haul for specifically chaos warp Uh, but it's something just to be mindful of because these are the types of changes to the game that actually have a financial impact that you may not necessarily think of at the time Mm -hmm. you know there's a ton of changes to different mechanics that may or may not have been keyworded. All of a sudden versions of these are leaving, colors are losing these effects, colors are gaining these effects, and it has a big impact especially on EDH. Which again, casual format, casuals drive the market. So for me, I picked up about 20 of these. I'm fine sitting on about 20, I put them in a box with Sarkin's unsealing, Uh, it's growing bigger by the day, and... (laughs) I'm gonna forget about them for a little yeah. while. Full disclosure, I'm gonna forget about them. That that is my plan with this. But I think that long term, cards like this, as they disappear mechanically, all of a sudden, well, I need this in a red deck because I gotta get rid of enchantments. I gotta get rid of artifacts. I gotta get rid of whatever. Yeah. You know, as time goes on, more and more decks are being built. More people need more copies of this card, and we're not getting newer, better versions. So why not? Like They're, what, 2 $3 right now yep. on TCG Player? They're basically nothing. Mm-hmm. So pick up 10 to 20 throw them in a box, and just see what happens. You know, that's that's my argument. It's not a great one, but I think it's solid at the very worst.
0: Yeah, I think it's a, a good call-out because it does tell you that the game is changing. It needs to change. They saw that a card like this was unfit to put in this color, and, you know, thus you have it. Like, when this first came out, when Chaos Warp hit... In Commander, which is just a set name, no year. It was 2012. That was the release date. This card hit like 25 plus dollars because it was a sideboard card in Legacy decks. And then eventually, we have literally received this as a reprint in Commander decks every year except 2013,
1: I think. Yeah, I think 13. Yeah, 13 or 14. Yep.
0: and it's it's got a Mystical Archives reprint. So that's the only time we get this. And I think to your point, the um, you know, as more decks are being built, more people are going to be playing this, it is the same kind of reason why Blasphemous Act was a decent pick when it was reprinted, because it made it accessible. People are like, alright, we're gonna buy we gotta you know, buy yeah. it to play it and eventually it just dries up in time. If you're like, ah oh, shit, where did we get it? And then boop, back up. And I think this is a fine pickup because it's a utility card. Yeah. If you're picking this up, there's a really good chance you probably are going to put a couple copies in your various E D H decks. And then from there the rest just kind of make it a profitable decision in the long run it's also an easy trade yeah real easy trade like
1: uh throw it in sure whatever yeah,
0: the only way to get this card is to crack commander decks to come out crack commander product right and that can be a hassle for a lot of people for not you know not buying the one deck that has it they buy the other deck that they enjoy more yeah. or in um uh how do you get missile arc the cbb's for uh strict for the mystical archive yep. stuff right so it makes it an easy out in time too. I don't think there's any way, like this card loses. I think it's a great long-term hold. I think, as you mentioned, you know, eventually a stock dries up, prices continue to fluctuate, more people are going to move in it put pressure. It puts pressure on the card, and the only release valve, so to speak, is maybe the early commander printing. And who knows? Maybe yep. WotC decides to stop putting this card in commander decks finally and starts putting Scour from existence there instead. Just a purely colorless answer. It costs seven. Cool. Awesome. Right, that's, that's Scour from Existence. i picking up Scour from... Yeah. I think so, yeah. Exile of Target Permanence. A common from Battle for Zendikar. It costs seven. Colorless. Yep. Pure, cool. Like, before some of the random Artifact and Enchantment sacry we got in black over the last couple sets, Scour was the only way for Mono Black decks to deal with that kind of crap, too. You know? Yep. Red has Chaos Warp to deal with Enchantments. Maybe some other... Maybe, like... Some other odds in it. A couple others. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe, but there's probably a weird goblin that I'm not thinking of. And then scour. I'm like, that's it. People, you want to play mono-red? You got to play this. You want to play, like, red and X? Like, chances are you going to need it. You're you Yeah. Get dunked, kid. Like, you're going to need it. It's always going to have demand. And I think it's one of those perf- par- cards ugh, perfectly to just sit on. Just chill with it. Yep. Easy. Yeah. Should be easy to move and easy money at the end of the day Uh, my pick for the week uh, i'm also sticking in the color red but not entirely is uh riel Riel, the everwise from uh akoria i've had this uh on my watch list since uh early july and basically i was just waiting for rotation for this card to kind of drop down and we we can see it i'll make mention of this later on you don't have to worry about the price spike at the beginning of stocks. What we care about is the fact that this kind of like settled in at like a three dollar card and did nothing in standard and eventually just rode it out at three dollars all the way into rotation. And when you zoom in for the last two months, you can see we finally hit that plateau. Market took a little bit of a dive towards about buck fifty, and now we're coming back up. And we've had a little bit of a growth period, and this is where we want to buy in, right? So Riel, first and foremost, not a commander, new. But it's a stalwart creature in the 99. Fits into any deck that is looking to put spells in the graveyard regardless of reason or method. It could be cycling, discarding, casting, etc. If you can dump a bunch of instants or sorceries into the yard, Rael is worth the look. Okay, Yes. So, format, and, uh, format wise, it's decent in, in Spellslinger decks as you can pump it up pretty quickly and easily without much effort or need to play into the draw discard trigger. So it takes a seat in niv Mizit Perun and cast Dissident Mage-style decks, but there are a number of other commanders and ways to play Rael that feel pretty overlooked or underappreciated, which helps broaden the appeal, All right? So you have—let me see if I can bring this up. Not as a commander, as a card. Perfect. All right, so I'll bring this up and give everybody a little bit of a rundown. So you see at the top, Gavi Nest Warden That plays into cycling because you've got to discard the card. That triggers Rael. The locust god has an activated ability drop then discard that triggers ryle you have xerix the writhing storm this is the teamer snake thing from commander legends one of the wheel based generals alongside Braylon, uh shark rider and shabraz another popular pairing that also plays into the draw seven or the wheel style play that can be prohibitively expensive yes but it opens up the options it helps broaden the appeal there's also grixis madness style decks you can do things with uh, but we need a little more time to develop that we haven't really hit a great mass of spells for right to be really good there but the list of generals for this thing is insane necosar is on here like the premier wheel general there's some weird stuff on here as well you've got bolus like the flip bolus like cool whatever Now, the timeline for for Rael, um, it, it had held fast at a bit over $3, like I said, for the majority of its time it existed in Standard, and my expectation is that we'll see a retrace and eventually a push towards $5 within the next 9 to 12 months with steady demand. That's kind of the important part. So we are officially buying in the Valley now that it's just rotated with anticipation that current demand will eventually draw the extra approximately 100 listings out of the marketplace in time as people move in. So when I put this on my list back in July, there were 298 listings on TCG Player at $3.12. Now there's 373 at $2.35. Right? So it's just, you know, over 100 listings in that time, most likely, and it's just been a race to the bottom. Right? Uh, so. As mentioned, I expect demand to remain steady, but the opportunity for another deck or general or even content creator to put pressure on this definitely seems rather high as WOTC has continually, over the last few years, pushed the commander pre-con out the door that synergizes well, like every year, reliably. And the, the thing about the demand that I, not- that I noticed is, uh, let me see if I can actually pop up my little scrapey dooter that people have access to if they join the Discord. Does it fit? It does. Cool. So we can see that there's like over the last four days, 14 copies sold over 14 orders. So that's one a piece. EDH players, man. That's EDH yep. demand, right? That's what we're looking for. Yep. That's steady demand. That's what we want. We don't want somebody coming and buying a brick and then skewing this. So. There currently exists the opportunity to arbitrage most vor- most versions of this foil and not the pre-release is a little iffy to CK, but these are the low-hanging fruit. These are the people that fought all the way to the bottom that you can arbitrage right now, and I expect this to close off prior to the holidays unless something gives Rael a rocket boost. I really don't expect yeah. this, arbitrage, this arbitrage opportunity to exist anymore, but CK is still buying decent quantity of most copies of this. you just got to figure out where to go. Once, Like I said, once that arbitrage is gone... Now, the, the delta is going to widen a little bit, but demand needs to pick up, well, continue before we really see anything move forward. For reference, in July, CK was buying 32 at two fifty, 50 and now they're buying 46 at $1.35, and this is for the, uh, just the set version, no specialty version. So in time, while they are, have been looking to buy more, they're buying less because it rotated, so people are just dumping. But when CK's buy numbers increase, we know that demand, even on the closed marketplace, is still pretty steady as well as the yep. open market space still pretty still pretty steady 14 and four days not the greatest sign overall just for near mint but again this is just steady and constant demand and the opportunity for watsi to just give us something that plays out of the graveyard or something that plays into madness or something that plays into spell slinger at any point in time now that now they're doing edh decks per set just grows we can expect another Spellslinger general or something that works well with Rael to happen both in commander set or in a regular set. The Niv-Mizzets that are on the list, obviously, all had to come from standard, right? You know, When you take yep. a look at the list of generals that work with, or quote-unquote work with Rael, that people play Rael and a lot of them are just standard cards because that's how <clears throat> Watsi's just developing and I think this just is another one of those cards that's just going to stand the test of time I'm not quite sure if this is the spec that you really want to go deep on. That's the only thing I couldn't really put together as I was working on the spec. It's like, even at, what is it now on TCG Player? I'm gonna take a look back at this. Four, if I start filtering for four or more, I could buy 15, I could probably buy like 40 of these for about 60 bucks right now. And I think that's too many. I think if I was gonna hold a large number of these, I think 16 might be the top the top end of this spec for me i don't just because i think it's going to be hard to move anywhere but by a list
1: yeah i i think for me it's one of those things that occupies the price point where i don't mind going deep but i would be worried about how i'm gonna out it with it being mostly by list as the out um I do love that it plays well in spellslinger because it seems to me and I could be wrong, you know, uh Watsy seems to be more and more pushing for spell slinger type yeah. decks. They they want that to be a thing. So this is another one of those cards that I think even if it doesn't pop like right away, long term looks pretty good because of that. Um but yeah, sorry sorry to interrupt my apologies no, no. that was just my thoughts popping no, up no that's
0: perfectly fine because that's that's the thought I had as well when I was looking through generals I was like wow I can find at least two generals from from the last couple of years on this list for top commanders and the deeper you go the more you find because exactly that it it's I like a lot of them are spell slingers and then there's like that subsection like I said of like wheel generals where you just want to like draw a ton of cards in one chunk yeah and I think the reason that I don't really want to go that deep on it is because this is a card in the 99 and it doesn't like win you the game immediately. Yeah. Like if you play right, if you play Ryle and then wheel, like you draw 14 cards off Ryle. Whenever you discard one of our cards. Yeah. You're going to draw 14 cards, which then allows you to win with your spell slinger general. It's just, it's the grease. Uh, for the deck, if yeah. you want to look at it that way, it's just a piece. It's not thousand-year storm kind of kind of a piece to to the puzzle, but it is definitely a, a bit of grease for the deck overall. And I think because of that, because it's not flashy, trying to out it to the open market is going to take a little longer than open and to then pause because then to buy list because you can't just like shotgun them all. And in yeah. trade is going to be a little more difficult because you got to find the players that want to move in on Spellslinger like. Your local area might just not have a lot of people that want to do that. Yeah, day. that's fair. But but no, solid. Yeah. Cool. Well, you good? Yeah. I got nothing else. No, not, not really. Um, I'm kind of curious what's going to happen for um, MTG Las Vegas and what CFE is going to do there in regards to pumping their platform. And I think that's going to be another interesting weekend to watch to see what's going on. Because if they wait, if they wait until that, the weekend and TCG player isn't on their game with a coupon code ready to go or something for that weekend, then that could be the weekend that CFB just blows the door off everything for that yeah, platform. it could be. So I think this is a wait and see game and I think it's an interesting topic to kind of think about overall. But that's going to be it for this week, I believe. Yep. Yeah. So we are at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter, Patreon, Facebook, and YouTube. The podcast can be found can be found on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Google uh, Podcasts should be working, uh I Radio now. Uh, I believe Audible. I don't know. That was giving me a little bit of uh, pain this week. Otherwise, I am at halt. I am Reptar on Twitter. You are at Thirsty Sizzler. I'll see you next week.